Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? What does gospel mean? Good news. Literally, the too good to be true good news, but it's true. Love it. Hey, listen, I don't want to take any more time. You can bring them lights back up, Parker. Got a great friend of mine that's going to come and share the gospel. Everybody say that. Say the gospel is very rare in America. <laughs> it's mostly rare on Sundays, but we are making the gospel, watch this, normal again in America. I said we're making the gospel normal again in America. And so my dear friend is here. His name is Dan Thomas. I, I love Pastor Dan, his wife, his baby girl. And I love him uh, not because he's a great preacher, and he is a great preacher. Um, I really love Dan because of his character. I love you, Dan, man, because of your integrity, um, your willingness to stay true to what we call the new covenant amazes me. And uh, Dan, like me, travels in and out of some really unique circles, but we're able to stay authentic in that, and I value because of that man. And not because you're a good preacher, and you are, but there's things I look for. Um, and I, my church will tell you, man, I don't invite everybody to come and preach, even if they're my friends, because I'm careful about the seeds that I let get deposited into them, no more than I would let people keep my kids. I love a lot of people, but they don't keep my kids. I love a lot of people, but I don't eat their food. And so if I wouldn't eat it, I don't want my kids to eat it. And so you're one of the few people that I've let come here. But one of the things I do look for is I always look at a man's marriage. And I, when I speak to them, I always look for the tones when they talk about their wife and their kids. And you always light up when you talk about yours. And so I honor the man that you are. I honor the word that you carry, how you host Papa's presence. I love how you love your family. And man, come share exactly what it is that God has in your heart. Now listen, as he comes, I told Dan, our custom is we normally end at around 1230. But we will pray and minister for people at the end. So our guys at the back, Katie, around that 1230 time when he's wrapping up, we will put up our screen to please go get your kids in child care because we want to give relief to those that are back there. But you can come back in and get ministered to however it goes at the end. Pastor Dan, stand on your feet. Come on, wait, family, stand on your feet and let's welcome him as he comes. Pastor Dan. Love you, sir. What do you think? All right, good to be home again. I just consider this my Oklahoma City church. So we're we just going to get right into it. All the preliminaries have been done. Everybody that could pray, uh, you prayed. Uh, if you didn't pray, too bad. Uh, yeah, you missed it. Uh, praise and worship uh, always is incredible. It's always incredible. Um. I want to I want to begin this way. I know I know we've already done this uh, in some manner, but just just repeat this after me. Say today, the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. I will hear like I've never heard before. I will see like I've never seen before. And today will be the best day. Of the rest of my life. Come on, give God a hand right there. You believe that. 
Now, I just want to piggyback really quick, Pastor Josh. He, he said this word gospel. Everybody say gospel. It's uh, in the Greek, it's the word euangelion. Now, I said that for two reasons. One, I just like how it sounds. It just, two, it may make you sound a little smarter today if you say that to someone else when you leave. Everybody say euangelion. Did you, did you know that Jesus didn't come up with that word? The word was already in the culture when Jesus arrived. And so he hijacked that word from the culture because it was the only word that would describe the message that would be preached after he died. It literally, as he said, means the too good to be true news. Now, normally when something is too good to be true, it's what? Right. It's not true. Right. And so Jesus, knowing what God would do through him and that people would be able to receive God freely, come back, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, no judgment. And God wouldn't he wouldn't come to you and say, Lord, I want to be saved. Okay, well, what did you do last night? None of that. None of that would ever happen again. As a matter of fact, as I'm thinking about this, you can see the picture of how too good to be true it is when you look at the woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery. Now, what's interesting about this, and then I'll get to what the Lord gave me. What's interesting about this is that I know we always say, where were the men? That's a good question. My mind went the other way. Because it said the very act. Where they, so I want to know how long did you watch the act before you dragged her out? And you have to know that they didn't allow her to put her clothes on. They, they, they dragged her out. There's one thing that happened after Jesus dismissed them. We, we know the story that he says, you who are without sin cast the first stone. The only person who was there that met that qualification was Jesus. So it kind of makes you wonder why any one of us is throwing any stone at any time. But then he looked at this woman and he said, where are your accusers? She says, I have none. But she was standing in the presence of one who could accuse her. And it, it, it just amazed me. She says, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Did you know that even when you're wrong, even when they caught you red-handed with the cookie crumbs on your mouth, you cannot be accused. Even if they're right, you cannot be accused, which means also that you're unpunishable. See, I know it's not God punishing us because we're remembering the sin that we committed and God already told us he doesn't remember our sins. The most insane thing that a believer can do is to remind God of sins he no longer remembers. So it can't be God doing this to you. It has to be you doing it to yourself. It even can't be the devil because his teeth got kicked out at the cross and 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 if you and if you understand this correctly this is what God is saying and then this this is some heavy stuff come on stir it up do it like this stir you're going to have to this going to take some time for you to get this you are so forgiven you are so unpunishable God has so not remembered any of your sins that he's not only saying that your sins are forgiven he's saying there's no evidence in heaven that they were ever committed 
There's no evidence that they were there. So when you bring them up to God, the reason why the conversation pauses is because he's got angels looking through the records trying to find because he doesn't know what you're talking about. Look at somebody say, there's no record of any sin that I have committed past, present, or future. You ought to give God a praise for that. All right. So really quickly, uh, you, you, I, just, I just come right in. You're just going to have to put your seatbelt on. I don't waste any time. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. You, you already know this, but we're just going to, we're going to dig today because God loves you in ways that you are just not familiar with because we have been preaching what Paul calls another gospel. It's, 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 another, it's another gospel, and I've just gotten to the point in the last year or two that I've just been boldly saying it's not the gospel. It might be gospel-y, right? It may have some elements of the gospel, but it's not. And I would dare to say this. If people are not questioning whether you're giving people a license to sin, it's probably not the gospel, because it just, it just messes you up. Because people are like, well, you're giving people a license to sin. I'm still looking for the office where they have applications. And I haven't found it yet. I haven't found it yet. Did you know that from the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden, people have been doing what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. You don't have to give people an application. As a matter of fact, as pastors... You know, 98.9% of the time, we don't know what you did until we found out what you did. Because we, 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 we have not been licensed as police captains, sin police captains on earth. We, we don't know until you tell us that you messed up. And then we have to issue that grace. So I'm reading from the uh, New King Jimmy version. You may have uh, the Message Bible, which is the Hood version. So if you got that, you're good. Or you may have the New Living Translation, which is like the everyday version. So here it is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, watch this, have passed away. Now, does that sound like something that's getting ready to happen? Or does that sound like something that has happened? So that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, this is past tense and present tense at the same time. So all things have become new, and they still are new because they have become new. So there's not anything old in you except your thinking. Some of you are trying to change your behavior, but you haven't changed your mind. It hasn't been renewed to the truth about who you really are. And, and I'm going to say a word that for some of us, depending on our upbringing, it would trigger us. Everybody say sanctification. Now, if you grew up charismatic or Pentecostal, you just said it too weak. When you say the word sanctification, you got to put some on Sanctification. Clean living. Right? It, listen, no, you got to dot every I, Christ cross every T. You know what the Lord told me two years ago what sanctification really is? Sanctification is the incremental healing of spiritual identity amnesia. Come on, chew that up real quick. It is, it, it is the, the incremental healing of spiritual identity amnesia, which means that Holy Spirit is constantly separating you from who you thought you were to who you really are. 
You're just remembering who you really are. And when he, when he says this, this scripture makes me think about what God said in Isaiah 43, 15 through 19. I'm going to read it in a minute, but I never saw this as an Old Testament parallel to what he says in 2 Corinthians. Uh, this is uh, Isaiah 43, uh, beginning at verse 15. He says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? It will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It sounds like 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Because something new has happened. We just don't know it yet. So something God has made a new way. But we're not familiar with it. Because we've been preaching to an old man that doesn't even exist anymore. And I know that many of us have been taught that the way the battle wages within is you've got two people on the, on the inside of you. One is old and one is new. And whoever you feed the most, right, you, whoever you feed the most is the one that's going to win. And that's why you keep failing at the things that you are struggling with that you don't want anyone to know. But God did not save you, kick Satan out, and then tell him, you can come back in, but I've raised the rent. Do you want to pay a higher rent? That's not, that's not what happened. You, your flesh is not your physical body. It's just the stuff that you forgot about who you really were. And the job of Holy Spirit is to remind you of who you really are. I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, I don't have bad behavior. I have bad believing. See, right believing leads to right living. Right living doesn't lead to right believing. See, Jesus made you righteous, and I'm going to show you some differences between the old and the new here in a moment. Jesus made you righteous, and your righteous living can't make you more righteous. You cannot improve on what Jesus has done. This is, this is why the scripture says, awake to righteousness and, and, and sin not. In other words, the more righteous you be... the the more that you believe that you've been made righteous, the more righteous you will live. So you, you, you can't get more righteousness. I need more righteousness. I need more righteousness. I need more righteousness. No, you need to become more aware of the righteous that you, righteousness you have. And then you will begin to live who you believe you are. So you and I cannot live above the level we believe about ourselves. This, this is so important because, you know, when I was growing up, you got saved every Sunday. How many went to that kind of church? You got saved every week because they would throw scriptures out. Do your what? First works over again. And one day I just got tired of doing it. I, I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I said, something is wrong because I was out in the parking lot and saw you cut somebody out and you ain't in the altar with me today. I know that we've, it's, it's only like eight married couples in this church, yet the children's church keeps growing every year. <laughs> this is where my mind was. I said, so somebody lying. Because I'm up here every week, 
And I done passed up successfully every temptation. Listen, I went to a historically black college. It was warfare. <laughs> it, it, it was warfare. I, I made it out. I'll tell you my testimony later on. But I, I made it out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, 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 I'm really living this thing. But yet I see these things. What, what is the issue? This is one of the things I've learned about Jesus is that you, you have to see Jesus as a man between covenants. So when you start reading the Gospels, Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what he's doing is he's got his foot in one covenant, which we know as the old covenant, and then he's got his foot introducing the new one. Now, he can't introduce it fully so he starts giving us little glimpses when he starts healing Gentiles, when he's speaking to women openly, when he's, when he's doing different things that he know would upset the apple cart of the law. So he starts giving us, giving us little things. And you've heard this before, but I want to say it again. So when you're making this distinction between the old and the new, remember this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you can say this another way. The Old Testament is mystery. The New Testament is revelation of the mystery. Right? The Old Testament is Jesus hidden. New Testament is Jesus revealed. Now, now most people don't understand this distinction because they think that everything that Jesus said, everything that's in the red, is for the new covenant, and it's not. There's, there's stuff that he said that have nothing to do with new covenant teaching. As a matter of fact, this, this may be shocking to you. Jesus Christ did not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. He, he, he couldn't have because he hadn't died. <laughs> He didn't preach. What, what he preached was the fulfillment of the covenant that he was under. So, so think about this. He's fulfilling one covenant. And I know anytime we start talking about the old and the new, we start saying, well, the old covenant, we just can't throw it away. There would be no new covenant if there was no old covenant. So we got to keep it. But what we don't understand is that it didn't work. And, and it never worked. Let, let me give you a practical present-day example. How many of you have ever worried before? Okay, don't make me stop prophesying. Put your hand up. <laughs> put, put your hand up, please. Put your hand up. All right, worry. Has worrying ever helped? One time. Has it ever gotten you what you wanted one time? Okay, so following the law has never gotten you what you really wanted at all. Never. It's never, it's never made you feel closer to God. Maybe for a season. When you were doing what we call the spiritual disciplines. Y'all know what they are, right? Reading the Bible. Praying. Watch this one. Because you may just came off of it. Fasting. Fasting. Now, before I deal with these spiritual disciplines, I just got to say this about the Daniel fast. You can do it if you want to. Don't worry about it. I always add a little comedic flair to what I'm doing. So just, just take it. Just, just uh, touch your neighbor and say, it'll be all right. <laughs> it'll be all right. The angel, Pastor Josh, came to Daniel and said, you know what? The first day you started praying, God heard you. 
This is what he said. Which means all the other 20 days were unnecessary. What if God heard you the first day? And somehow we've developed an entire theological construct about something that didn't even have anything to do with us at all. So many people are still praying. And they're saying, Lord, I want more of you. And God is saying, how can I give you anything more when I've given you my spirit? God, I want to be more close to you. I got, I got to get closer. 2023 is a year I'm going to get closer to God. And he says, I live inside of you. How much closer can I get? I mean, I, I gave it to you. You know what's happening? What's, what's happening when we say those things at that point, what's happening is, is that we've been taught that any time we do something wrong, God moves away. I call it the Holy Ghost in, Holy Ghost out. So when you do something wrong, the Holy Ghost is out. When you do, when you repent, you know, and you got to repent in a decent amount of time, then he'll come back in or otherwise you're going to have to work your way back up. The truth of the matter is this, is that the praying you should do, the fasting you should do, the reading the word you should do, the coming to church you should do, but tell me how much more do you need to pray? How much more? To get to the more that you want. How much more do you need to fast? Because I want to know the number. See, I was a kid in church that literally stood up because there were so many rules. I said, this was when I was 19, I said, can y'all tell me all the rules? I'm a good rule keeper. I've proven that. And so somebody said, well, we don't know all the rules. I said, so you're making them up as you go along. Because last year, last year, last year, you told somebody they couldn't go to the prom. But then this leader, it was time for their daughter to go to prom, and now it's no longer a sin. I'm just trying to find out. Tell me all the rules or invite me to the meeting when you change them or add more. Because I got something to say. So what I've learned to do is this, is what I'm asking for is what I already have. And God says, Dan, why don't you use the prayer, the fasting, whatever you do to make you more aware of the more you already have? The more you already have. All right. So when we begin to see Jesus that way, we begin to learn this. This is what we begin to learn. That the Old Testament and it's, and it's things hidden about Jesus that we're still discovering, uh, discovering. The Old Testament is for your learning, not your living. You, you don't live at the Old Testament. If you do, everybody here, as, as great as the Way Family Church is and it's going to get even greater, you better come up in here with a lamb next Sunday. And the shearer's knife, because you, you, you better come in. I, 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 listen, if you're a lady and you got your head and it's not covered, don't walk through that door. Those of you who have on men's clothes, pants, right? It's so many people that's going to miss heaven today. If you're, if you're under that system, if you're under that system. I remember uh, Pastor Josh, and let me just do this line here. I, I remember speaking with uh, uh, one of my friends in high school who got saved and he was in his car and he had just gotten off from work 
and I, I can say his name. Some of you may remember him. He was one of the greatest high school basketball players that ever played in Oklahoma City. His name was Estelle Laster. Some of you may remember him. We're really good friends. And he said he had gotten off work, and he was getting ready to get out of his car, and he heard a voice say, hey. Never really been to church in his life or anything like that. And he said he looked around. He, he didn't see anybody. And he said, who's there? He said, you know who I am. And all of a sudden, he started weeping. He, God says, I allowed you to go through everything that you went through so we could get to this moment right here. He said, do you believe who I am? He said, yes. Got saved in his car. Nobody there. Got, sa no, got saved in his car. Somehow, he started reading the book of Hebrews first. Don't know how. They tell you to read John or read the Gospels or some. He started reading the book of Hebrews. He got to chapter 6 where it says that if all these things, if you tasted of the powers of the world to come, all this, you, you read it, all those different things that they said, he says, if you fall away, you can never come back. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You, can, you cannot come again to repentance. We were at the Barnes and Nobles on May Memorial. I said to him, what does that mean to you? Because that scripture caused all kind of fear in me. He said, oh, all he was talking about was that, you know, since the temple has been destroyed, and the ceremonial washings and the killings of animals that God is now, no, he's no longer in that covenant, is destroyed. You could only get saved under this. I was like, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. Now, I knew that, but there was a lot of anguish that I went through to get to that. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Say that again. You just got saved six months ago? And you already know this? Now, I don't know if this is a thing. What I'm getting ready to say may be oxymoronic in nature, but I was godly jealous. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, this is a covenant. He's comparing and contrasting throughout the whole book. You know, this is better than this. This is better than this. This is better than this. And it took me years. It, it, took, it took me years. And, and here's, here's what I want you to know, that when you learn the difference between the covenants and that is actually better, you will not go back to that. So when I tell you that the old covenant was for your learning, not your living, here's what Romans 15 and 4 says. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. How many of you are tired of things, reading about things, that happened in the lives of dead people and not in your life. There should be more going on. So forgive me that all this writing is going to be read. I know some people are triggered by the cover, the color. Uh, oh, before I say that, let me, let me say this because I need to, because somebody said, but Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. It's true. But he came to fulfill it. And when, and when he fulfilled it, he fulfilled it to the full, which means it no longer needs to be filled. You, you, you just, just, why, I think the, uh, the, the, what we're calling another gospel, I'm going to be nice today. Some people don't know, so I just say it sometimes. I'll be nice today. An another gospel, it's almost as if you're saying that Jesus did not do a good enough job. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, you can laugh at me. I give you permission to laugh at me for the next two minutes. I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was young, you know, growing up, everybody wanted curls in their hair at some point, right? You wanted curls. And so, you know, S-curl was out then. I don't even know if they're still in business. 
And so I had, my mom had bought a, a box for me and then one of my brothers. So she said, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. So I did it. And then when I looked at my hair, it was still a little coarse. It didn't really look like the box. So I, I, I went in and I, I got my brother's box unbeknownst to my mom. And I just did the whole thing over again and it kind of got there. I think that this is what people do when they say things like this. The blood still works. I'm going to offend somebody's sensibilities today. I got a better thing for this. The, it's not that the blood still works. The blood worked. It, had, it only had to be done one time. One time. And like I thought my hair was too coarse to look like the box. I think people think their sin is too bad for the blood. And they just have to keep reapplying it and reapplying it and reapplying it. But I'm telling you that it worked over 2,000 years ago and you don't have to go back and redo anything. It's almost as if, it's almost like a, our, our, us doing things to get approved by God is like a covert attack against the cross. It's like you going up to heaven knocking on the door, and Peter comes out. He said, hey, Dan, what's up? Hey, I need to see Jesus right now. Well, why? Because he said that he cleansed me, but they told me at church I got to keep repenting and repenting. I, listen, I, I got the Holy Ghost. Jesus, thank you for what you did, but you missed a couple of spots. And could you give me a Holy Ghost scrub brush to clean myself? Now, we don't know that we're doing that, but this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. So let's, let's, let's just fix this today. Uh, once and for all, because that's what we're in, the once and for all covenant. He, he died one time, and he did it for everybody. Oh, let's go a little further. Did you know that what we call being born again is just waking people up to who they already are? They just don't know it. All you're doing, all witnessing is, is you telling people that there's something incredible going on and you have a will call ticket waiting on you. Why? <laughs> let me let me say this. Why would you go tell someone that they need to ask for forgiveness when you know by revelation that he has dealt with sin completely? They just need to receive what's already been done. Why would you remind a person of a sin that you know doesn't even exist anymore? Watch this. See, see, here's the thing. You're struggling right now because you're like, I still sin. The problem is, is that that's not what God calls it in the new covenant. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to put some. Y'all with me? Y'all with me so far? Watch this. The Bible says all have sinned. Is sinned. A past tense word or present? Because of the ED, right? The suffix there. Okay, now, this is, and this is so, this is so good to me. The Lord said, your sitting days are over. Your falling short days are not. All have sinned and fall short. God, your sin account is closed. God can never credit your wrongdoing to your account as sin again because he closed that account on Calvary. 
please hear what I'm saying. You fall short of the glorious standard, the New Living, Tra uh, New Living Translation says, or the perfect standard. But the way that this works in the kingdom is that even though you fall short, your doing is not the standard anyway. His son is. So even when you fall short, there's a grading curve every single time. Now, again, somebody's going to say you're giving people a license to sin. No, I'm not giving people a license to sin because Jesus said those who have been forgiven much love much. I used to think that this meant for the people who did the really, really, really bad stuff, they've done so much more than me that they love Jesus more. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that when you know the depths to which you have been forgiven and everybody's the same when you know that love that came and picked you up out of the muck and mire when you were trying to live on your own and it was not working no matter what you did and you finally rested and said come and save me like Peter the love began to flow out of you and you stop serving him for reward you stop serving him to get not be punished and you start serving him out of love because you have a revelation of his love. Okay, so so I, I can do this. Let me let me give you uh, a preview to the old covenant, new covenant thing. Do you remember when Jesus, who he hadn't died yet, was still under the old covenant in the gospel, said these words. He says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That meant, Pastor Josh that I can look at you and see how much you love God by how much you keep his commandments. Isn't that what we did for years? Oh, he don't love God. He, he ain't getting in. He ain't getting in. There's, there's, this, there's this dude on, uh, on uh, I saw him on Instagram. His name is Alton Walker. Whenever somebody does something crazy, y'all might, and he'll say, God ain't pleased. And he'll start talking about, you know, whatever they're doing. He said, you ain't getting in. You ain't getting in. You ain't getting that. That's, that's a, so Jesus said, I mean, that seems logical, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then I can look at how well you keep your commandments, his commandments, and then determine whether you love God or not. But the same John, the same John exiled on the Isle of Patmos, he says that we love him because he first loved us. So, so let's put these two scriptures in the ring and see what comes out of this. So when he says we love him because he first loved us, can we say that the only reason why I love God is because I've received his love? That all I'm doing is returning back to him what he gave to me. That that's all I'm doing. So if that's the interpretation of that, then what Jesus was really saying, introducing the new covenant, when he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He's really saying, if you've received my love. If you've received my love, then the natural outworking of receiving my love is keeping my commandments. Meaning that obedience is not the root, it's the fruit. That, that, that when you know God loves you and you've received his love and you reciprocate his love back, you're not obeying him so that he can love you. And as a matter of fact, your first responsibility as a believer is not to worship God or to serve God. It is to receive his love. Because if you try to worship him first, you'll be worshiping him for his love and not receiving his love. If you try to serve him first, you'll be trying to serve him to get him to love you when his love was already extended freely to you. You already got it. So, so let's go. So the question that's in my mind, Pastor Josh, is 
what actually even makes the new covenant new anyway? So on this side, of course we know, and I, you got law, and you've got grace. Okay. So try to do this the, the simplest way I can. In the old covenant, you reap what you sow. Period. You reap what you sow. In the new covenant, watch this, you reap what Christ sowed. <laughs> See, our expectation has to change. How many of you, and this, it's okay, this is a safe place. This is transparent. It's only going to end up on the 6 o'clock news, so don't worry about it. Just uh, answer. How many, of you, how many of you make a mistake and just wait for the impending judgment? I know it's coming. And then, and then if you didn't pay tithes, and then it just so happened your tire went out. <laughs> but you've had those tires for four years. <laughs> right? It's, it's already time. Oh, he got me. He, 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 he got his money. Did you know in the book of Deuteronomy, did you know that when they were reciting the words of the covenant and everything, all the blessings, they recited all those blessings. And then God says, but if you don't do this, and they had to recite all the curses, you can go back and read it. Do you know that they said amen to every curse and nothing to, nothing to the blessings? And that tells you about something that sin did to my mind. Because we'll read scriptures that say, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. But the way we internalize it is we'll say, uh, I always have to be poor. So, so, we, so from that, we will come up with ideas that we think that poverty equals piety, holiness. That you're really serving the Lord the more you struggle. This is what we really believe. Because when somebody starts getting money, well, you know what the Bible says. You know, you better watch it because you don't want to get too high. No, you're just broke. <laughs> and you're mad. I'm, I'm going to repeat something I said earlier this week. I, I know you guys can handle it. Because when, when somebody's really living good and they're crossing T's and dotting I's and they, they're not bringing reproach against themselves or anybody, they start getting proud in their behavior. They really do. And they talk about what they don't do as opposed to what the gospel has freed them to do. So here's, here's, here's what it looks like. It is, it's funny. I said, you know, you know why you're living holy and, they're, and, you know, they don't have a lot of money. And they were like, why? I said, because you're broke. Because money is access, right? And it allows you to get into things that you could not get into unless you had the money. You're only looking so saved because you're broke. You can't go to the strip club. Y'all ain't hearing me today. I, I, was, trying, I was trying to be clean. And y'all wouldn't respond. <laughs> you, 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 you can't go sleep. You, you're broke. It takes money to sin. Amen. 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 No reason to brag. This is no reason to brag. It, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be great... To not do things because you've really been changed. I don't want to. I see it for what it is. And not only do I see it for what it is, it ain't better than what I got. It's real, real conversion. The, the next thing is that under, under this covenant, you're always working. 
constantly, and you never know where you are with God. In this covenant, you're constantly resting. Now, let me say this. Here's God's stance to all of us. He says, when you work for what I've already paid for, I will rest. When you rest, I'll go to work for you. Man, I hope somebody just heard that. Because he, he says, because you're going around trying to make something happen, and I just got a sneaky feeling that somebody's out there, you need a job. And you can't do it, but you're, but you're stressed, and, and you, you've got all kinds of anxiety. Let me, let me tell you a good way to know whether you are working in faith or whether you're working in doubt, because your body will tell you. Your, your physical body will tell you. If you've got anxiety, you're working for something you already have. If you are resting in God and knowing that his promises are true, your body feels anticipation. You're excited about it. Well, it ain't here yet. No, I know. I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And, and, and let me tell you this. Some, some of us, we don't know it yet, but we have more faith in Amazon.com than we do God. I'm going to tell you, because how many of you have the Amazon app on your phone? Won't they tell you when it's shipped out? Ooh, it's coming. It's coming. It's clothes it's close coming. You calling people, oh, this is going to look good on me. Or you got some electronic device. Then it tells you that it's reached your city. Yeah. And then you get even more excited. Then it tells you, hey, it's down the street. 10 houses away and you're jumping and shouting and running and then you canceled a couple appointments because you want to meet the man and be there at because I don't want nobody taking my stuff from the front door old preachers used to say am I right about it <laughs> watch this somebody prophesies to you gives you a word encourages you the thing that God said that he was going to give you ain't there I'm leaving God He's not true. But the services and people speaking encouragement into your life, the word of knowledge, the word of revelation, prophecy, is the same thing that Amazon is doing, telling you that it's close. See, Jesus, Jesus coming into the earth was God saying, this separation that was only in your mind it was only in your mind. The scripture says the carnal mind is enmity against God. The, the word literally means enemy. God's never been your enemy. He was only our enemy in his mind. And then furthermore, God doesn't have enemies. He can't because who can contend against him? If you're an enemy, then the presupposition has to be that you are a contender. God has. So this, this, this idea that the battle of Armageddon, what you read in Revelations, is somehow going to be some war between God and Satan, not true. I don't have time to go in there, but I thought it would be good to mention, we're going to wait to see who wins in the end. No, you already know this. Watch this. This, this is a covenant of death. Because that's all it produces. Paul says uh, in Corinthians that, that, that it is the ministry of death. This is the ministry of, of life. This is the ministry of life. And, and, and I'm running a little bit out of time, but I, I want to I I say this really quickly. Uh, how many of you have heard this? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. Freedom. 
You know that's not true, right? Watch this. Watch this. Where's the spirit of the Lord? In you. But isn't he everywhere? Is there any place the spirit of the Lord is not? He, he's, he's everywhere. So the question is, do you see liberty everywhere? So the way that's written could not be true. Challenging you today. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But the spirit of the Lord is everywhere. But I don't see liberty everywhere. Correctly translated, that scripture should read, wherever the spirit is Lord, there is liberty. Wherever the spirit is Lord. And where is he again? He's in you. Here, you've got a separation that never happened. Here, you've got freedom. Now, just, I got two more to do here, two or three more. Which side is looking better? (laughs) Already. Do do you just want to reap what you sow? No, I want what I deserve. No, you don't. Trust me, you, you, you don't want that. I only, I only work, because you know, because when we say that, people be like, no, I'm doing pretty good. What if a, a little scream came up over your head right now, and we were all made privy to what you did the last seven days? You want that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. How many of you want death? I'm willing to die for Jesus, but not today. Not Not today. No, I, I, want, I want to reap what Christ sowed. See, God rewarded Jesus with death as if he lived my life. Then he rewarded me with life as if I, li- if I lived Jesus' life. See, see the, the thing about it is, is that we've even, we even think the gospel is the death, burial, the resurrection. No, actually the gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the seeding, and the sending. It's, it's actually all of that. See, when the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, somewhere around there, that if the rulers of this world knew, they would not have crucified the, the Lord of glory. What he meant there was that he, he didn't know, and the rulers didn't know, that while Jesus was on that cross, so were you. When he went into that grave, you were there too. This is when you see a phrase where it says united with him. It's this word symphutos, which means to be in the entire process with. When he ascended, you ascended. This is why people have to understand, I don't have to wait to go to heaven when I die. I went to heaven when he died. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm seated in heavenly places. Watch this. Uh, it's Because I just said that it's a covenant of, of union, not just substitution. I know we pre-substitution because you would substitute what you did And a lamb would take that. But we've got something better. We've got union. We we, we don't talk about this union. As he is, so am I in this world. And this is for anybody. Is Jesus sick? Neither am I. I don't have to receive that. Is Jesus depressed? Neither am I. Is, Is Jesus without access to things that he needs? No, neither am I. I, I, I received that. And then let's, let's, uh, let's end here. This, you could break, you could break this law and, and, and serve consequences for it. You're in a covenant now that cannot be broken. 
cannot be broken. Do you know when the scriptures say that your salvation is eternal? The word there just doesn't mean length of time. What it means is, is that no matter how long it goes on, the quality doesn't change. Ken, can you hear me now? This will make, this will make the people think I'm almost through. <laughs> I am, though. <laughs> Watch this. That just doesn't mean that. It means that you can't send it away. There was one guy in the scripture that thought he could. His name was Peter. And he had denied the Lord. As a matter of fact, when he denied God, there were different levels to it. The first time he said, I don't know who this is, it meant that I've never met him, never heard his name. Don't don't know who he is. The second time that he says, I don't know him, it, it meant, who is this guy? Has he ever showed up? The third time, that he said it, it literally meant he doesn't exist. One could argue that the sin of denial that Peter committed was greater than what Judas did when he sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. It's a little bit of a confusing statement because Wasn't Peter a disciple? So why did he have to single him out? I believe Jesus did that intentionally because he knew Peter was somewhere over in a corner thinking that he failed eternally and that he had no access to God at all. Jesus, you tell, he said, you tell him to go meet me in a certain place. And there may be some of you today that think that you failed the Lord somehow or I went back to the old covenant or whatever the case may be and that you can't get to him surprise twist to the plot he's pursuing you he basically told them to go tell Peter it's not that easy to get away from me that's what he was saying everybody's standing I feel the presence of God hallelujah When, when you live out of this side right here, you'll always be chasing something you already have. You'll always be trying, you'll, you'll be trying to become something you already are. And you'll be trying to get something you already have in Christ. In the kingdom, there's not much to do but there is much to receive. The gospel is not a list of things that you can no longer do. It's a list of things that you've been free to so that you can live the full potential of the life that God has given you according to his assignment on your life. Pastor Josh, I never take it for granted, no matter where I am, because I know that sometimes when we're learning, we're really unlearning. We're really unlearning. There may be someone who's been here for months, and but today, for some reason, it's not, 
because I'm here is just a day. It's just a day. And you realize, man, I've been working out of this. And I'm not at rest. And you would want to receive the life of the Lord Jesus today. Now, let me, let me say this because some people are like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be giving him my life. But you don't have a life to give. You're actually giving him your death. He's going to give you his life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to do this quickly. Glory to God. And then, of course, we'll pray. If you're here today and you just realize today, I've, I've just never received his life. I received religion. I received stress and strain. I just want you to lift your hand and say, I want to receive that life today. There's a hand there. There's a hand there. Nobody, nobody, there's a hand there. There's nobody looking around except for me. Glory to God. I want to receive that life that lives through me and not me trying to live myself. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's the Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Today, I just want to give a few more seconds. If you want to receive that life that flows freely. I'm going to pray with you right now. And then if you, if you, if you need more prayer, I'm going to stick around a little bit or you just want to say something. But I want to pray for those who just want to receive that life today. And these are not my words. Really, actually, what's happening now is you are doing in the natural what already happened in the spirit. Don't know what time of the service happened. You're just consummating this. But just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive your life. Thank you for receiving my death. And I, I let go of the lie that you were separated from me and I from you. Today, I thank you for dealing with sin, past, present, and future, and awakening me to the fact that you did do it for me. And so now I know I'm brand new. Old things have passed away. I'm something that I never was. I'm not a redo in Adam. I'm brand new in Christ. Thank you for saving me. If you believe that, would you give God a big praise right now? <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.